Good morning. Well, good afternoon, that is. Good afternoon. I don't know why. Well, that's what we're going to do. Okay. So, good afternoon, everyone. I know you see the title of this. Of course, yes, this is my marriage ministry. When I do, turns into I don't, the wows of the vows. Our social workshop for the next few weeks is going to be your scale is unbalanced. So I would like for you to like, share, invite, comment, send your hearts, send your prayers. Um, invite those that you know that may be having some marital problems or just invite those who may need their marriage strengthened. So, you know, this is not for everyone, of course, and I've stated that in times past, this is not for everyone. Amen. This is not for everyone. But I have decided that um, right now while we're doing social media ministry, well, I, while I'm doing social media ministry, um, I want to continue on um, teaching and showing and being an example and giving testimonies concerning marriages and how there are so many marriages that are broken. There are so many marriages that need to be strengthened. There are so many marriages that are unbalanced because they don't have the right teaching. They don't have the right teacher. They weren't shown properly when their parents were married. They weren't loved or shown how to love the husband or how to love the wife. And so they just go, they just went off of what they read or what they saw and they don't know the word of God. Amen. And so when I was talking to someone about this and I was like, man, you know, that's good. I think I need to do a marriage um, seminar or a marriage workshop concerning, you know, an unbalanced scale. And so as some of you know, I did a, um, a flyer that, and I had, like you see here on the screen, the O-U-R in parentheses, because your scale is unbalanced or our scale is unbalanced because sometimes the husband and the wife is not unbalanced, but just the husband is unbalanced or just the wife is unbalanced. But because you are no longer two when you become married and you're now one, so it's our scale is unbalanced. And so many times you, you, you have marriages that are married and they're living single lives. They're living as if they're not married. They're living as if they don't have a husband. They're living as if they don't have a wife. But what happens when that time comes to where something horrible hits your marriage and so many things is happening and it becomes it was already unbalanced and now it's really unbalanced and you're trying to bring balance to your mind you're trying to bring balance to your finances you're trying to bring balance to your children you're trying to bring balance to your household you're trying to bring bring balance to your husband or your wife or or just your marriage you're trying to bring balance to everything concerning you and and because the other individual is not trying to balance out with you because of the weights that are weighing on opposite sides 
is causing division, it's causing discord, it's causing infidelity, it's causing depression, it's causing oppression, it's causing confusion, it's causing the hurt in the children, it's causing frustration, it's causing divorce. And so I want to be able to teach those. I want to be able to show those that you have to recognize. That's what the why is for. You have to recognize, recognize. You have to recognize and you have to realize that you're unbalanced. Your marriage is unbalanced. Your wife is unbalanced. And could some of those things be unbalanced because you're not balanced? And you're trying to weigh your options. You're trying to weigh out these things on your own. You're trying to weigh out this, these purposes, these situations by your own way of thinking. And you're and this and, and because of your own way of thinking, you're sinking. Your spouse is sinking. Your finances is sinking. Your household is sinking. Your children is sinking. Everything around you is sinking deeper and deeper and deeper into the ground because no one wants to make that conscious decision. We need help. I need help. We need help together. Our finances need help. Our minds need help. Our children need help. Our whole household need help. So I decided to do a social media live workshop. So today is just the introduction. Today, I'm just going to go to the beginning, um, to where it all started in the beginning, where it all started. So I want to take this time. I've already talked for six minutes. Um, there's not a time limit when um, the when I feel in my spirit, it's time to wrap it up. I will wrap it up. But if I feel within my spirit, it needs to go a little longer. It's going to go a, a little longer. And I, I and and for right now, I appreciate those of you who are going to turn in. I appreciate those who's going to tune in. I appreciate those who's going to who's going to watch publicly. And I definitely appreciate those who are watching privately. You may you may be at work and you can't turn it on. You can't um you know watch it because you are at work but you can listen. So I appreciate everybody that's going to come through. And I know that going through it and you know in, in this area um, you know, I'm on this platform, my Elder Sue and Holy Deliverance Ministries platform, but this is actually my marriage page. When I do turns into I don't, the wows of the vows. And God spoke that to me when I was thinking about walking away from my marriage for the second time. And I asked that question to God, what do you do when your I do now is turning to I don't? And that little light bulb, this bling bling on top of my head. And the Lord spoke to me and said, you do now what you didn't do before. And that's seeking me first, seeking me first for direction, seeking me first for clarity, seeking me first for help so that you're not making the same mistakes twice. So you're not backsliding. So you're not going into some areas that you don't need to go into. So this time you're gonna handle it properly. This time you're gonna handle it with, with grace. This time you're gonna handle it the way that it needs to be handled. And so when I was sitting there and I was talking with God, and then literally I wrote that down. When I do, turns into I don't, the wows of the vows. People are getting married, but they're not getting the in-depth training, the teaching of exactly what these vows mean. And that's when the Lord spoke to me, the wows of the vows, because those vows, it is a wow. It, it is a wow when you're told 
that you have to be submissive. It is a while when you're told that you got to love them when they go outside of the marriage. You got to hold on and you got to deal with this and you got to deal with that. And people will come around and say, you don't have to do that. But according to God's law, according to God's law, which is the word of God, we have to trust God. We have to depend on God. And so thank you, Holy Spirit. So now let me say this, but every marriage isn't meant to last. Yeah, I'm going to say that. Every marriage isn't meant to last. Why? Because we marry outside of the will of God. We marry because of our flesh. We marry because we 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 begin we become fornicators and we're having sex without marriage and then we're making all of these children and then you're told well you got her pregnant now you got to marry her but so now what happens is you're you're marrying for the wrong reason yeah paul said he said not he said paul said i paul said i said this is not a commandment of the Lord. he said i said that it's better to marry than to burn be like me don't even get married so you ain't got to worry about those issues you ain't got to worry about those struggles you ain't got to worry about somebody having a, a hold on you. You ain't going to worry about having somebody telling you what you should do and where you should go and how this and how that. He said, just stay single. But if you burn in your flesh and you need to just have sex, it's better to be married. Why? Because God tells us that he honors marriages, but the bed is undefiled. When you're married, you can have as much sex with your spouse as much as you want. Because you're married, it's God's law to do things that is respectful, to do things that are that is righteous. And but there are just some people who doesn't understand the true meanings of the vows that you make with your spouse, the true meaning of the promises you make with your spouse. And we all know that promises are made to be broken. Vows will be broken. But when you have the relationship with the Lord, when you know who you are in God, when you know who you are without God, when you when you stand for standards, when you sit for what is right, when you move accordingly to what you want, your, your boundaries. But everybody doesn't know this. Why? Because they've not seen that their parents might have not been married. Their parents' parents might not have been married. And everybody has, you know, and, and you, there's a lot of single um, 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 single families, single mothers, single fathers, because they've not seen what they, they do. They are raised in a household and both, and they have both their parents, but all they've saw is violence and abuse. All they've saw all is, is verbal abuse and emotional abuse and physical abuse. And so they grow up thinking that's how love is because why? Because that husband, that wife, they stay in that toxic relationship for so long and they raise their children in the house like this. So as those children begin to date, guess what? They mimic the relationship. They think that's how it's supposed to be. And then the, the mother or the father is telling their children, this is not how it's supposed to be. But then their children is looking at you like, but you're still in it. But then we tell our children when they find themselves, good morning, when they find themselves in it and we want to pull them out of it and they'll turn around and say, but you stayed, you dealt with it. Look at where you are now. So this is why, so can we say that this is why Jesus stated that when a man marries, that he is to leave his mother and father and cleave to his wife. But if that wife is not the good thing, 
he's not going to cleave to that good thing and he's going to continue to cleave to the things that are not good because if he's saying that she's supposed to be my good thing and she's hurting him verbally and he's and, and she's treating him the way that his mother treated his father that's not good so when i so so talk, you know i do i do merge ministry and so and and when i'm when i'm teaching or when i'm showing you know god is still speaking so the thing about it is we all need to be taught the three-day counseling for some is not going to be good it listen three day i'm just telling you when i do marriage counseling i tell them in the beginning the lease is six weeks after six weeks if you choose and desire to go further i got you because my counseling is from six to 12 weeks, day by day. We're either going to do once a week or we're going to do twice a week. But I feel like when God called me to this ministry to make sure that I give them what they need and I teach them what not to do because of the testimony and the example and the life that I live as a wife to my husband. And I was that re rebellion hellion wife so it, i'm not saying that my husband was perfect i'm not saying that my husband did no wrong but what i'm saying is that when he would go hard i would go harder and in and sometimes it's not the wife sometimes it is the husband and when the husband and when the wife goes hard then the husband goes harder but you the wife and the husband have to take some form of responsibility they need to be held to some form of accountability and nobody wants to hold no one accountable and no one wants to accept the responsibility of the parts that they played in and and to be truthful and to be honest lord have mercy i'm 15 minutes in and i that's listen listen I'm not even got to my notes. Look, look, I haven't got to my notes. So I know without a shadow of a doubt, we are now in a season where the majority of Christian marriages are falling by the wayside. They're giving up, they're throwing in the towel. Preachers, leaders, married and getting divorced and 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 being divorced three and four times and you have to ask yourself are you really reading the word of god are you really taking responsibility for your actions or are you literally blaming all of them people that you've divorced that is their fault and you played you've had no play in that whatsoever because if i meet a man and he tells me that he's been married four times okay bro man it couldn't always be the woman especially if they all not the same these are individual women so i, I so before i say i do to you we need we need to do some little background and check i need to ask some questions i need to know who i'm about to marry because i need to know if if, if it was the control that destroyed the relationship I didn't know if infidelity destroyed the relationship. <clears throat> I need to know if it was finances that destroyed the relationship. I need to know if it's your if it's mental illness that it has destroyed the relationship. Something is something. There's a root to people being married at least more than two times. I'm sorry. 
And I know that seems harsh, but that is the truth. And we now in this lifetime, we can't, we can't afford to give it to our flesh and, and, and what our flesh want. We need to now stop and think and begin to ask questions and to begin to evaluate some of these past relationships that we are connected to. And I can only say that because pick me, pick me. I used to be one. I used to be that person. And now you having so many seasoned saints that don't want to be truthful and don't want to be honest. And the young people are getting married and they have no one to look up to. They have no one to mimic. Because now we, the people of my age, we now, we probably either divorced or have a boyfriend or a girlfriend and we live in our best life. We don't want to be committed. We don't want to be tied down. Why? Because we've been married for 50 years and now our children are grown and we're going on and we're just having fun and we ain't trying to date. We're just trying to have relations and have no attachments and we, we good in that area. I saw on Facebook a few weeks ago, somebody made a, a post that said, do we not, do we not date anymore? Do, do, does no, there's nobody wants to date anymore. Like what, what's up with that? No, because here's the thing. People are tired of being hurt. People are tired of being abused. People are tired of dealing with the hoopla. People are tired of being mistreated and mishandled. So that's like, listen, I'd rather live by myself go do what i do come home make my own breakfast make my own dinner if i want to go out to the movie by myself that's what i want to do i know i don't want a companion like that anymore i don't want to do that anymore i did that for 50 years i did that for 60 years i did that for 30 years i did that for 12 years i did it for 15 i did it for 10 i did it for five honey i'm only in this marriage for one year and it is not like i expected it to be i'm about to be i'm about to dip she telling me this and he telling me that Nah, i didn't sign up for all of this but in reality you did when you when you made your vows when you stated your vows when you repeated the vows to the person that you stood in front of and you said i want to spend the rest of my life with you so yes you signed up for that and the marriage certificate is not just a piece of paper it's a commitment. It's an agreement. It's signed, sealed, and delivered. But today, no one wants to take marriage seriously. No one wants to get married for the right thing. Now we're getting married because we they had a baby. Now they're getting married because they just got a contract with the NBA. Now they're getting married because it's, it's the right thing to do. But who is getting married for love? Who? Who is getting married for love? Who is it? Who is it? Who is getting married for love? Good to see you on here, Pastor Maples, Deacon Ravizee, and Lil Frank. Who is getting married for love today? Women are desiring to become married, but the man don't want to be committed. Why? Because their first marriage was horrible. Because their first marriage was horrible. That's what's happening.
That's what's happening. That's what's happening. No one wants to get married because they don't want to be committed. No one wants to get married because now they're feeling pressured. Nobody now, now they the last marriage about took them out mentally and emotionally, and they like deuces. I ain't doing that ever again in life. I'm not doing it. So can we just be honest and ask ourselves, what was the reason we got married in the first time? Was it just for sex? Because if you just want to have sex, then be honest and be open with that man or that woman and say, listen, I ain't looking to commit. I'm just looking to have a relationship without the commitment. You know, we can go out to the movies, sit and do dinner. You know, we can go to, you know, we can go and chill. And, you know, we can, you know, do the do or whatever and then go on. The Lord spoke to me and said, if a man or a woman cannot be committed to him, they will not be committed to the man or the woman when they marry them. And, and that's the thing. And, and Providence Tucker, that's that's exactly it. And good to see you on here, woman of God. But that's what's it. That's the key. We won't be committed. We, we must be committed to, to God first. If you are committed to God first, but but I don't hear it. But what happens if you don't, you're not a believer? What happens if you don't know who God is? What happens if you don't know that God is supposed to be in your marriage? What happens if you are a devil worshiper? What, what is it if you are a Satanist? You would if what is if you are an atheist? Then at the end of the day. You don't care how you're being married. You don't care how you're being treated. But eventually, you're going to want something different. Because abuse is abuse. Physical abuse is physical, physical abuse. Verbal abuse is verbal abuse. So it doesn't matter if, you're, if you are a Christian or if you're an unchristian. Nobody wants to be hurt. And nobody wants to be mistreated. But when you have been taught as a child, right from wrong, you recognize what's right and you recognize what's wrong. That's right. They will have nothing to stand on because they don't have God to keep them in a place of commitment. And that's why I said it will work for you for a moment. But what happens when that moment changes and you want better? You want more. Eventually, somebody's going to say, listen. You need Jesus. You need God. What is your foundation? Because darkness, there's no good in darkness. There's no, you don't see in the dark. You can't move around in the dark. But when you've been in the dark so long, what happens? Your eyesight begins to adapt to that dark area but you still can't clearly see. You, everything is in that dark place is dark. You will see a dark couch. You'll see a dark chair. You'll see dark objects. But when that light comes on, you'll begin to say, oh my God, I have seen the light. I can see the light is different. Everything around me is brighter. And so when I decided to work, and that's why I took last week off, 
I took last week off because I really needed to clear my mind. I really needed to, to, to fast and pray. And I could not add anything else into what I was doing because I really want people who are married. And I thank God for Prophetess Tucker being on here right now. And I know she won't be on here for long. But listen, I've known her since I was at True House of God. We went to church together. They just, she just celebrated. Uh, uh, her, her her wedding anniversary with her husband literally so she can test to what i'm saying is the truth i don't i have no reason to lie to you about marriage being something that needs to be taught you need to be taught how to be a wife you need to be taught how to be a husband you need to be taught how the marriage is supposed to be. If your marriage is toxic, you can have a healthy marriage. If your husband is toxic, your husband can be better. If your wife is not good, she can be greater. We aren't to give up on our husbands. We aren't to give up on our wives 22 years. 22 years they've been married but i can say this i bet it ain't always been peaches and cream i can say this i bet it always it ain't always been a bed of roses so i'll guarantee you there's a there's a testimony that she can honestly say baby it was nobody but god that has held on to us for 22 years and just listen and i know he loves her and i definitely know that she loves him because it's the love that holds them because if they didn't have a love for god they wouldn't have a love for each other if they did not know how to love then they would not know how to love one another and they both had to realize i love you yes i hurt you but i love you yes i'm yelling but i love you because what y'all got to understand is this just because somebody may fall short does not mean they don't love you they need to learn how to properly love you how to properly handle you how to properly speak to you and that all comes through the word of god godly advice godly people fasting and praying believing having faith perseverance patience and i'm now not just talking about them i'm talking about i've been my husband and i come may what well, came may 21st of this year we just celebrated 28 years of marriage 28 years of marriage and somebody said to me I want a husband like like your husband and my words to them was no you do not no you do not because who you see my husband who he is today he's a changed man god changed him but the way 
he was then in 1994 is the way that he is now in 2022 but he now know how to properly do things he now know how to properly handle things he now have wisdom and knowledge and understanding he now knows how to keep praying and stay at the feet of jesus and keep praying and we stay together and pray together and now we have arguments we're not coming for each other's throat we're taking time and we're learning how to be quiet we're learning how to listen that's the key that's right be careful what you ask for you because god knows who you are so god knows who you need to be with that's right Pablo Tucker. when a man or a woman speaks to you all the way of cussing and and cursing and how to lay love if you cannot love that right right that's the key so in the next few weeks this is where i will be every day at 12 noon this is the introduction of where i'm at introducing what needs to be introduced giving giving what needs to be given sharing what needs to be shared speaking what needs to be spoke so that you can hear so that you can listen so that you can hear and understand and you can't love me if you don't love yourself and you can't love him unless you love yourself first you can't love her unless you love yourself first but you first must love the lord so if you don't have the Lord, you got to love yourself first before you can love someone else. I have done a conference on marriage and it is important for people to understand that this is a commitment, not only to yourself, but I also, but also unto God. Exactly. Exactly. And so in 2014, I had a conversation with the Lord. In 2015, I had a conversation with the Lord. In 2016, I had a conversation with the Lord. Because some of you literally have to understand, you must speak to the Lord. You have to have a conversation with him. It's a must. It's, it's, it's a must. It's a must. And I'm sorry, 2014. But in 2014, I find myself wanting to back away again. And it wasn't like as the first time. But my question to God was, why do you now have me back in this place? And the lesson learned from that, as I stated earlier, was this time around, I was able to seek the Lord and I wasn't seeking man's approval. I wasn't seeking man's advice. I wasn't seeking man's opinion. I called on the name of the Lord and I began to have a conversation with him and the Lord spoke to me. And then I then realized what needed to be done. And during that time, I said to my husband, I love you enough to let you go 
because if there is just some things that we just can't get over we're both in a greater place 20 years in and we're good still the lord did not release me <laughs> and here i am eight years later new beginnings right so that's the key it's about you and god and god makes it about you and them can i say that again it's about you and god and then god makes it about you and them your spouse because when you became married you became one and when it tells us that nothing shall separate us from the love of god nothing no one shall separate us from the love of god and when jesus said in matthew 19 that let no one separate you let no one no one separate you he was also talking about even you don't even allow yourselves to separate you from your marriage from your spouse so you have to marriage counseling premarital counseling is important if you are not married and if you've already gotten married and you've not had the proper counseling and you find yourself going through some unbearable things, you must seek counsel. You must seek help. But from the right people, from those people that has lived some stuff, that have seen some stuff, that have been in some stuff, that can tell you this is what we did and this is how the lord brought us through and we made a conscious decision you must understand that divorce is not an option by god but it's a choice by man and at first it starts with you you have to search yourself to see what what are your shortcomings in the marriage and being ready to change when god tell you and show you yourself boom and this is why this is titled your scale is unbalanced and if your scale is unbalanced then this is a workshop just for you if you need balance in your marriage this workshop is just for you if you need balance within yourself this workshop is just for you if you and your husband had made a decision that you need more to, to to remain strong with patience and perseverance this is for you if you desire if you desire if you desire to be married if you desire to be a wife if you desire to be a husband this workshop is for you so i tell you all on today get your notepads get your pens and paper pens and pencil notepads paper whatever you need to write on because you're going to need to write these notes down you're going to need to write scripture down you're going to have some questions you can ask the questions here if you don't mind or you can send them in my inbox and I will answer the questions and I ain't got to put name to it 
Because trust me, if you're asking, somebody else wants to know as well. If you are asking, someone else wants to know as well. If you are asking, someone else wants to know as well. And listen, I have been asked to do a um, women's conference in New York in August. And their theme for that conference is Women of Grace. Women of Grace. I believe that's what it is. <laughs> Women of Grace. The conference that I've asked to be a part of in July is titled First Ladies of Integrity. First Ladies of Integrity. Now ask yourselves, how many pastors' wives do you know that has integrity? And how many pastors' wives do you know that doesn't have integrity? And maybe it's because they watched the wrong pastor's wives and they think and believe that's how it's supposed to be done. And so when people in their ministry gets married, they don't have nothing to give to them because they're not living it themselves. So then who do you go for encouragement? Who do you go and seek help from? Amen, amen. So with no further ado, that was an introduction that's not even in my notes and in my introduction right here. But I'm, but I'm always led by the spirit of the Lord. So if I said it, it was meant to be said. If I said it, it was meant to be said. If I said it, it was meant to be said. So again, I want to um, thank you all for tuning in because this is going to truly bless you. Amen. And so just know that I'm here to help and not to hinder. Amen. I'm here to help and not to hinder. And I know sometimes it can be rough. I know sometimes it can be a bit much. I know sometimes people have been hurt from previous marriages and um, Okay, so that being said, I don't know what that is about, but hold on one second, you all. Um, give me a second, try to pull up some more of my notes here. Okay, so um okay so let me go here let's see Hold on, you all. Hold on. Just a little while longer. 
All right. So let me all right so that didn't work out well so anyway all right so now we're moving forward so let's go to the beginning i went through the little small introduction uh well that wasn't an introduction i believe that's what just needed to be stated by the lord and that's just where i went because i felt that was i was led by the spirit of the lord to do so so genesis chapter 2 so I'm going to read Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, and it reads, And the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helpmeet for him. So um, Genesis 2, 18. Amen. Good afternoon, Khadijah. Genesis chapter 2 and 18. And it reads again, and the Lord God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helpmeet for him. And for some of you who really doesn't know exactly what a helpmeet is, the Bible uses my help most often of God as our helper. So for an example, the term in no way belittles women or puts women in an inferior position to man. God created both women and men in his image to work together for his glory so with that being said the woman was created to help adam to assist adam to uh, be a companion because god might have well not might have but god saw adam's heart and for adam he might have been feeling a little lonely but didn't even he didn't communicate it he didn't say it so which means that god saw his emotions god saw his feelings but God knew his heart. So he said, man should not be alone. I'll make him and help me. So in verse 19, it says, and out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. So when God, so when God started creating the animals and started creating these things, that's right. To be a helper and so when that was finished god says okay now let me go ahead and create him a woman and so the lord god caused a deep sleep to fall upon adam and he slept and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof and the rib which the lord god had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto the man and adam said this is now bone of my bones flesh of my flesh because she was taken out of man therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh and they were both naked the man and his wife and were not ashamed. And when you have a husband and a wife and they become naked together, there should be no shame. There should be no embarrassment. There should be no guilt because they are one. They're married, they're together now. But what happens when shame is brought into the relationship? What happens when guilt is brought into the relationship? What happens when embarrassment is brought into the relationship? 
because at that moment when the fall of man took place now we have accountability now we have no responsibility and now you have those individuals speaking individually now it's no longer we now is this is what you did or i was only trying to do this or and you was trying to do that so now we're just pointing fingers now we're not we're not taking responsibility together now we're not walking together now we're not helping one another so the woman is no longer helping the man and the man is no longer calling his woman his real now he's no longer the man is no longer the man is no longer calling his wife bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh and now eve is no longer being the helper so now there's division so now you're sowing discord so now you're not claiming one another so now you're married and living single lives oh i know where i'm at because we allow what's on the outside we allow what's been kicked out we allow what we're not supposed to be connected to to draw a, a separation between the husband and the wife so now our marriages is in turmoil because of what has come in from the outside. What has slithered in from the outside and slithered in into the inside. Jesus said, it's not what goes into the man that defiles them. It's what comes out of the man that defiles him. So out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Because what we have allowed to come on the inside, and instead of us properly getting rid of it, instead of us properly speaking it, and, and instead of us purging it, it causes us to be defiled. It causes us to be toxic. It causes bacteria to set in and it causes gangrene to set in it now it causes an infection to set in and now limbs are being lost respect is being lost the mind is being lost the love is being lost you're losing your limb to love you're losing your limb to help you're losing your limb to see you're losing the limb to hear you're losing limbs because of the infection that has now caused gangrene. And what happens now? You got to cut it off. You got to cut it off. You got to cut it out. Lord, help me, Jesus. So we go over to Genesis chapter 3, starting at the 14th verse. And here where Adam and Eve's lives begin adam and eve's lives begin listen So Eve is having a conversation with the serpent. Okay. And he opens up her eyes. 
So can we ask, where was Adam? Where was Adam? Where was her husband? So then we asked the wife, why are you entertaining this? Why are you even asking questions when you received instructions of what not to do, where you could go, what you can eat? And you, you're now, your eyes have been opened because there was a seed planted. Do you desire the fruit in the middle of the, in the, in the, middle of the garden? It looks good, doesn't it? Why don't you just go ahead and, and, and take a piece? And yeah, she was honest. She said, well, you know, I was told that we can have everything else in this garden but that. I, I, I'm, not, I'm told I can't touch that. That if we touch it, we'll, we're going to die. And then the thing that she's entertaining begins to speak. And as that thing that she begins to entertain, the flesh becomes to be aware. The flesh now becomes open to possibility, open to, can that really satisfy me? Can that really be good for me? Will I really know knowledge and, and, and truth and, and understanding? What will it really, what will it really do for me? These are questions that was going on in her mind, I'm assuming. Let me just visualize this for, for some of you to get some of you to understand what's really happening in, in this moment. What's what's really what's really taking place? What's really going on? What's really happening? Sometimes people don't want to hear the word of God because sometimes the word of God can be so harsh and unbelievable or not trustworthy or not real or it doesn't make sense. I don't feel like I got to do this to get that when I can just ignore all of that and just go get it for myself. But at that moment, and, and as she's standing there entertaining this thing, that's what Satan is, a thing, evil, a manipulator, a manipulator, a deceiver, liar, wicked. Why was not her first thought, let me go talk to Adam. Let me let, let me go get let me go get my husband. Stay right here. Let me go get my husband. Stay right here. Matter of fact, let me go get my let me go get my mama. Let me go get my daddy. Because I, I don't understand what you're saying. Because my husband loves me. He adores me. And yeah, we may have some issues. We may have some disagreements. But if I go into this area that I'm entertaining. And you're telling me that I'm not going to die, but I was told that it's going to kill me. And I may not understand the, the purpose of, and you know, thank you, Holy Spirit. You know, I was told when I, when I left my first ministry that I was a part of, and that was told to me, if you leave this place, you're going to die. Carnally thinking, 
and not being spiritually minded and not being mature in the wired, I took that as if I'm going to physically die in the street. But I left anyway. But it's not so much they were telling me. It's, it's not the, the purpose of them telling me that. I get the purpose. I get their point. I get their content. But it was because of something else. But now that I'm in this place and I recognize when you say to somebody, if you do this, it's going to kill you. It's not going to kill you physically, but it's going to kill you emotionally. It's going to kill you verbally. It's going to kill you mentally. It's going to kill you. It's going to break you down. It's going to make you feel like you're going to want to just die. So we understand the concept. But in that, should we not give instructions? Should we not give an example? Should we not try to get people to understand what we mean by that when we say, if you do that, and you go down this road, and you go and you take this path, and you you know that it's wrong, you're going to die. You're going to be hurt. This is going to bring so much chaos. It's going to bring so much confusion. Good morning, Katina. You're going to hurt mentally. It's going to destroy you mentally and emotionally. You don't want to go down this road. If you take a bite of that fruit, when you've been told not to touch it, when you've been told not to eat it. Now, at that moment, there's a that needs to be made. People say, well, I don't have a choice. You always have a choice. You always have a choice. But it's up to you how you handle the choices that you're going to make. It's up to you how you choose to deal with the choice that you make. Because we can make some good choices, but it's the, it's, it's the people that we're connected to that won't understand why we made this good choice to do this. So you have to let them know, I love you, but I can't do this. I love you, but I must release you. I love you. But if I continue to stay here, I'm going to continue to hurt you and you're going to continue to hurt me because we're not growing. We're, we're destroying one another because I'm really trying to be in this place with you and I'm really trying to have compassion for you and I'm really trying not to lose love for you. But you keep doing these things. You keep saying these things. You keep going into this area. It's killing me emotionally. It's breaking me down. And some people can handle it. And some people can't. And that's why I tell a lot of people when they ask me, what will you do? I can't speak to that. I can't tell you what I would do. Because what I would do you may not be able to do that and that may not be and that may not be your solution 
you're going to have to work this thing out for yourself. Because if I tell you what I would do and you do what I did and it works out bad for you, you're going to blame me. And you're going to say, this is what you told me to do. And I'll be like, no, that's not what I said. You asked me what I would do and this is what I would do. And if you took that, then it causes confusion and chaos. So you never want to tell somebody what you would do if you've never been in that position concerning that condition. You have to allow people to learn how to make their own decisions, their own choices, but still bring warning, still bring direction and try to steer them in the right direction. And if they fall, even if they made the right decision or made the right choice, it won't be on you. And it won't even be on God. And it won't even be on them. It will be on the other individual. And this is why you pray for peace. You pray for protection. You pray for the right guidance. And everybody doesn't have that. And everybody doesn't understand it. So what do you do when you've been put in, you've been told to marry this man, you've been told to marry this woman, and you take their advice, knowing your gut feeling is saying, but I really don't believe I need to do that. Well, girl, he just got a $5.6 million contract with the NBA. And do you not know how you can be balling while he balling? You can get a great big old house. You can be, you can have his babies. You can live the best life. But if that NBA player has cheated the whole three years y'all been together, that's not going to change because he got a $5.6 million contract. So now you're in a marriage and living in this big mansion and having all these babies and you're alone. Why? Because he's still out sleeping around with the whole city of Minnesota while he goes on tour, while he goes to basketball games, while he goes to basketball championships and you're alone because somebody has says, girl, he got a $5.6 million contract. You better marry him and have all his babies. But then you're not happy. Because now you're not marrying for love. You're marrying him because he got a $5.6 million contract. And your best friend is thinking about herself and what she going to get out of it. She don't care about what you're going through. She don't care about your, your issues or your feelings. And I'm not talking about everybody. I'm talking about this is how some people will have you in some places because you got them in your ear like Satan was in Eve's ear and caused her to do something that caused them to be put out of Eden. That caused them to never go back to the Garden of Eden, to never go back to um, freedom, to never going back to just having everything that their hearts desire. How do I know that to be true? Because listen to this. 
Genesis chapter 3. Fourteen through. I'm just gonna put that like that, and I'll stop when I feel the need. I need to stop. Genesis chapter three, starting at the fourteenth verse. And the Lord God said unto the, now, listen, hold on, let me go back. And I know I just said fourteen. Let me let me put this right here. Let me let me do this. Let me do this. Let me do this. Genesis three. Let me do this. Let me let me go back up to um let me just let me just do the, the story. You know what? I'm just gonna let me just do this one through. Um I'll go back and read all of Genesis 1 through 24. Okay. 1 through 24. I'm gonna put that in there and y'all go back and y'all y'all read that, okay? Y'all y'all read that on your leisure time. But let me walk through this. I'm just gonna read through it, walk through it. It says now the serpent was more subtile than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, yea, has God said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God said, we shall not eat of it. Neither shall you touch it, lest you die. And the serpent said unto the woman, you shall not surely die. For God doeth know that in the day you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her and he did eat and the eyes of them both were open and they knew that they were naked and they sewed the fig leaves together and made themselves aprons at that moment wisdom fell on them at that moment their eyes were open wisdom took a hold of them because in the beginning they walked around the garden naked they didn't have any aprons they didn't have any fig leaves they didn't have any shoes or no sandals they were naked and they were happy to be naked they enjoyed one another's nakedness they enjoyed one another's companion they were naked together and so when their eyes begin to open wisdom became upon them and they heard the voice of the lord god walking in the garden in the cool of the day and adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the lord god amongst the trees of the garden and the lord god called unto adam and said unto him where are you and adam said i heard your voice in the garden second wisdom they now begin to feel fear they were now able to feel the spirit of fear they were afraid they were afraid why because they knew they did something wrong and they knew they did something wrong when they sewed fig leaves together 
when their eyes were open and realized they were naked and they knew they were in trouble. Adam said, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. At that moment, they became shameful. They became embarrassed. They became, they became guilty. And he said, God said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat? And the first lie, well, the first manipulation was spoken by Adam. The woman, the blame, the first blame was spoken by Adam. The woman who you gave to be with me, she gave me of the tree and I did eat. And the Lord God said unto the woman, what is this that you have done? And the woman said, second blame. And the woman said, the serpent beguiled me and I did eat. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, because you have done this. Now, mind you, all of this is going around in the garden. They hid themselves. But that serpent didn't. They were talking to God and, and the serpent was with them. God didn't give one person a punishment. God didn't give two people the punishment. God gave all parties involved punishment. The Lord said to the serpent, because you have done this, you are cursed above all cattle and above every beast of the field. Upon your belly shall you go and dust shall you eat all the days of your life. And I will put hate between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. It shall bruise your heel. It will bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. He's talking to the serpent and the woman. Why? Because it started with them. It started with Satan and the woman. It started with them together. Because sometimes you don't recognize that you have nothing in common with this individual that you're listening to. If you, this at that moment, you are unequally yoked because that person will cause you to go against God, to go against God's commandment, to go against his statutes, to go against the law of the Lord. That's why when I made the flyer, I put the scale on there to get you all to understand, to understand and to see the, the scale, the husband and wife on one end. And then the husband and wife, the other end, because sometimes the, the husband can be balanced and the wife is unbalanced. And sometimes the wife can be balanced and the husband is unbalanced. But the law of God will bring you back balance. The, 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 the law, the law of the the law of the Lord. The law of the Lord will bring balance to your marriage, 
to you as individuals. So when he so 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 16 says, and he Lord said unto the woman, unto the woman he said, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception and sorrow. You shall bring forth children, and your desire shall be to your husband, and he shall rule over you. Before Adam and Eve was equally together. They weren't separated. They didn't walk alone. But somewhere in the garden, they were standing alone. The Lord said unto Adam, because you have listened to the voice of your wife and you have eaten of the tree. Let me say this. We are, women are great influencers. Women are great influencers. And sometimes men will listen to us, whether good or bad. But even in that, if it disobeys God, you are not to heed to that. But we listen to our wives when they're telling us, when, when, when wives are telling their husbands, you ain't nothing. You are no good. No, you are no good. No, you are no good for nothing. Brother, you ain't got nothing. You ain't never going to have nothing. You ain't never going to be nothing. Without me, you wouldn't be here. Without me, you wouldn't even have these kids. I make more money than you. I'm better than you. I've had better than you. We destroy it. So because you listen to your wife, because you listen to the voice of your wife and it has caused you to sin. It has caused you to commit infidelity. It has caused you to separate yourself from the love of God. It has caused you to go outside of your home. It has caused you to become an alcoholic. And you've eaten up those words that she has been spewing out. The Lord said, but I commanded you to obey my voice, to not to eat everything that you see, to not to go everywhere you don't need to go, that I've called you to higher heights and deeper depths. Listen, he said, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for your sake and sorrow shall you eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns also and thistles shall bring forth to thee. Can we, can we just imagine the reason why Jesus didn't remove that thorn out of Paul's flesh? Because from the beginning, God told Adam, all the days of your life, you're going to have thorns and thistles. So don't focus on those thorns and thistles. Focus on your healing. Focus on the Lord. Because see, back then, you was focused on your wife. You was focused on your husband. You was focusing on the bad. You was focusing on the the, uh, the 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 bad stuff that was going around in in your marriage. Nineteen says, "In the sweet of thy face shalt you eat bread, till thou return unto the ground. For out of it was you taken. For dust you are, and unto dust you shall return." And Adam called his wife's name Eve, because she was the mother of all living. We women carry so many hats. The, the, the man is a father, 
a husband and a provider. The woman is a wife, a mother, a nurturer, a companion, a comforter, financial planner, businesswoman, a seamstress, a baker, a cook. So yeah, women, we're all we we're all that and then some. Literally. Because of the fall of man, because of Adam and Eve, the husband was only supposed to work hard and take care of the family. And now we have men that rules over us. But if we get into our proper role, then those men can be their role. Amen. And so with that being said, I'm going to read this note and then we're going to, I'll be, well, I'm going to end it here at 1.30 and I'll be back on here again on tomorrow moving forward. Here's what you have to understand. Adam and Eve learned by partial expectation. Listen. Listen to this. I, I I write myself notes, and in the midst of me writing notes, I can't even read my own handwriting. So hold on a second. Yes, Adam and Eve learned by painful experiences that because God is holy and hates sin, he must punish sinners. Disobedience is sin. And it breaks our fellowship with God. But fortunately, God is willing to forgive us and to restore our relationship with him when we admit our sin. Adam didn't just admit that he bit the apple. Adam said, the woman you gave me caused me to eat. It would have been better for Adam to say, yes, yes, God. I ate the fruit from the from the from the tree. And then allow the next question. But when you manipulate and you deceive and you lie and you don't take responsibility and you don't hold yourself accountable, your scale is going to be unbalanced your marriage is going to be unbalanced. You're, you as a husband, you as a wife, you're going to be unbalanced. And because you are one and no longer two, our means you and him, you and her. So tomorrow, we're going to talk about Abram and Sarah. Because, see, we have to understand that we are wives. We are the helpmeet. We're not the husband. We're not the father. We're not the mother. 
We're not their mother. We're not their father. We are the wife. We're not their sister. We're, we're not their cousin. We're their wife. We are the help meet. We are to help them, help push them, help show them, help love them, help them to love better and greater, but through God, through his word. But if we don't have it, then we can't give it. If we don't know it, then we can't show it. And if we say that we don't need it, then we won't be it. So in order for you to be it, you need it. And in order for you to grow together, you have to know together. Amen. Amen. So I want to thank you all for tuning in to when I do turns into I don't, the rise of the vows. For some of you who are watching me for the first time, I am Elder Serena Holloway, and this is my Deliverance Ministries page. This is my marriage page. I'm also coming from Marriage Raw and Cut page, Adults Only, because that's a page that my husband and I both share. We both share that page, and every now and again, and we hadn't done it since, I think, 2018, 2019. We haven't done it in a while. Divorce is not an option by God but it's a choice by man. And you can read that over in Matthew chapter 19, verse eight. It was Moses who wrote the commandments on divorce. But from the beginning, it was not so. But now here we are in 2022. And it seems like that's the easy way out for everybody, especially Christians leaders and it's it's okay it, it really is it's okay because i said earlier this is what happens when you're marrying for the wrong reason and this is what happens when you are marrying for the right reason and then struggle hits financial um failures hit infidelity hits there's no longer a desire sexually there's no longer affectionate, affectionate and on either part. No one wants to have conversation. No one is spending time and in, in, in time and giving each other time and attention. Cause see, in the beginning, it was all good. It was, it was, it was well. Nobody was complaining. Nobody was struggling. Everything was, everything seemed fine and. People was going, you know, husband and wife, they're going to work. The kids are going to daycare. You're coming home in the evening. You're tired to do anything else. So you're getting the kids ready for bed and you're putting them to sleep. And then you're getting up the next day and you're doing the same exact thing. You look up 10 years later, there's no been there's been no family vacations. There's been no a week vacations. There's been no weekend vacations. There's no been there's been no trip to the park. There's no there's there's been no driving around town just getting ice cream or just walking around the path and holding hands and tenure. There's been none of that going to work, coming home and getting up, doing the exact same thing. And if sex is an issue, you're only getting it when it's given. And, and for some it's not being given. So they ain't getting it. And then they're finding themselves being 
sexually frustrated the husband and the wife and so you go outside of the marriage instead of having a conversation saying listen we're here 10 years in and we've lost ourselves in our jobs we've lost ourselves in our children we've lost ourselves outside of our marriages who are we and you become strangers in your own marriage in your own house and it's all because life gets busy and it's all about you as individuals and for the man it's like as long as i'm paying the bills and it's the wife as long as i'm taking care of the house and the kids but it's more than that it is more than that it is more than that amen amen so I thank God for another opportunity to be able to come and talk to you all about, um, you know, where we are within ourselves. Where, where is your husband? Where is your wife? Where are they mentally? Where are they emotionally? Where are they physically? What are your issues? What are your downfalls? What are the problems? What needs to be helped? What needs to be spoken to? What needs to be fixed? What needs to where what roots need to be pulled up? What 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 needs what needs to happen? Because because as I stated earlier, it, it 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 does. It can become so your life can become so strenuous and it becomes so so busy. And you 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 won't find time for yourselves like at all. You just won't find time for yourself. And so as I stated earlier about these two conferences that I'm doing, one in July and one in August, the, the, the first ladies of integrity. I'm a pastor's wife as well. I'm not just a pastor. I, I got my doctorate degree in Christian ministry. I have my psychology degree and uh, I have my, my I have a, psych, a psychology degree. I'm a certified life coach. I have a certificate in that. I've gone to school. I've, I've studied. I've, I've, yeah, because I needed to know more. I needed to grow more. I needed to understand whom I will be counseling. I need to understand how to be the proper coach, how to coach them to, to become a better wife, a, a better mother, a better pastor, a better Christian, right? So I can't speak on uh, something that I've not experienced. But I can tell you that I was not always a first lady of integrity. And I'm not going to get into that right now because you'll all hear that in July, however the Lord guides me, however the Lord leads me. So I'm not preaching to you. I'm not teaching to you about something that I've heard, but some things that I've experienced, some stuff that I've been in, some situations I've been a part of. Then in August come, then you know, in that, then it's it's women of grace. Where is grace? God has graced us with grace and mercy. With love, He drew us. So why is it we can't show our spouse grace? So sad to say, ladies, yeah. For some, not all, but for some, it start with the wife. 
because it started with the woman. It started with the woman. And the women has been paying for it ever since. This is why we have the Bible to teach us how to be that Proverbs 31 wife, to teach us how to be that Titus 2 woman, to show us how to have good character, good integrity, to teach us how to nurture and how to be that companion, how to be the helpmeet that these men need that they might not have received as well. So I thank you all for tuning in. I thank you all for listening. I thank you all for following me as I follow the Lord. My own desire is to do what God has called me to do. And these last days that I have on earth. Tomorrow isn't promised. Yesterday is gone. So for me, I want to give you what I have. Why I have an opportunity to do just that. To let people know marriage is work. It's a job. It is. You can choose to have a healthy marriage. And you can choose to walk out of a toxic marriage. But know this. There's some partial responsibility that must be taken in account. You, there must be some self-examination that must be taken in account. Because if we're expecting our spouse to be perfect, then guess what? Then you got to be on that perfect bus as well. Because what you expect them to do, they're expecting you to do it as well. Because even in marriages, there can be some hypocrisy. A husband can be hypocritical. A wife can be hypocritical. So who would be the one that would bring correction for conviction, for restoration and healing? Amen? Amen. So Lord God, I thank you on today that you have led me and that you have guided me to give what you would have me to give to your people. Lord God, my prayer is that all marriages that has a desire to be healed, set free and delivered, to be saved, I pray that you give them patience. I pray that you give them perseverance. I pray that you give them what they need to hold on just a little while longer. I pray that you speak to their mind. I pray that you speak to their heart. I pray that, that you will make a way for their escape if they need to be escaped out of this marriage. I pray that you give them the, 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 the direction that they need for those who want to call it quits, to those who want to throw in the towel. God, I pray that you will give them clarity. I pray that you will speak to their heart. I pray that you give them peace in their decision, that you give them peace in their choices. I pray, God, that you will also show them that the husband can be sanctified through the wife and the wife can be sanctified through the husband. 
and that the wife can be saved through the husband and the husband can be saved through the wife. I pray that you show them that if they seek ye first, the kingdom of, of your righteousness, that everything shall be added unto them. If they seek your kingdom first, if they seek you first, everything they heart desire, if they commit their ways unto you, you will bring it to pass. I pray that they pray for a desire to have their love to be rekindled, restored, relived, that their fire be reunited. That that flicker will no longer be a flicker, but it will be a high flame. That their desire will be stronger than it's ever been before. That I pray that you give them, give them peace. I pray that you show them what they need to do. I pray that they hear from you and you alone. I pray that you will send them a sign. I pray that you will send them someone that will give them what they need. And I pray, God, that every marriage will be strengthened. I pray that every marriage will be delivered. I pray that every marriage will, will, will be saved and healed and, and, and delivered, God. I pray that they receive strength. I pray that they receive guidance. I pray that they will come on one accord. I pray that they will pray together. I pray that they will seek your face together. I pray that they will seek help together in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray that something in me will bless their whole heart, that they will be encouraged. So God, I thank you on today because this is the day that you have made and let us rejoice and be glad in it. God, I pray that you cover me. I pray that you keep me. I pray that you put, keep a hedge of protection around me from the unknown, from the unseen. No weapon that is formed against me shall prosper and every tongue that shall rise up against me shall be condemned because I belong to you. So Lord God, continue to let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart to be a central unto thy sight, O oh Lord, because you're my strength and my redeemer. So Lord, I pray that you will continue to increase my spirit of discernment. And I thank you for the Holy Spirit. And I thank you for wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. And I thank you for every trial and error. I thank you for every trial and tribulation. I thank you for the ups and the downs. I thank you for the wrongs and the rights. Because without those lessons, I would have not learned. So God, I thank you for every lesson learned. I thank you for every detour. I thank you for every U-turn, God. So God, allow somebody to see the light in me, to bring them out of darkness and to know that their marriage can be healed and that they can prepare to be a wife. They can prepare to be a husband for those who are looking to be married. And they're already struggling in their relationship, but give them strength to know, do I, am, I, am I willing or are they that person that I want to spend the rest of my life with that when I say I do, it won't turn to I don't, God, in the mighty name of Jesus. So, God, I thank you. I love you. I bless your name. I glorify you. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray because your blood still works. You're still a deliverer and you're still a healer. So, God, I thank you. I love you. I bless your name. I glorify you. In Jesus' name, I pray. We pray and we all say amen. Again, thank you all for tuning in. 
And if it's the Lord's will, I will be on here again on tomorrow at 12 noon. God bless you. Continue to pray for me as I continue to pray for you. Know that I love you and God loves you more. Amen. Amen.